Good evening and welcome to our Champaign City Council study session for Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. City Manager, am I turning it over directly to Kay? Finance Director. All right, great, thank you. So we're here tonight to give a preview of the budget. The budget preview is meant to provide a first look at the city's budget and to give council an opportunity to provide feedback and direction related to the recommended budget requests. Based on direction that we received tonight, we will incorporate any changes directed by council into the final budget that will be adopted in June. As a reminder, the budget process begins in October with the financial forecast, which guides the framework to develop the proposed budget by focusing on financial policy targets and accomplishing the council's vision and goals. In addition to the normal budget process, over the course of the year, several key initiatives were approved by council and have been incorporated into the budget. For housing security, based on council direction received at the study session held on April 26th, the amount of funding to be distributed through a request for proposal process was increased in this budget from the 1.8 million discussed during that study session to 3 million increasing the total funds to be allocated for housing and shelter programs and priorities to 6.3 million. Other major initiatives included in the budget are the Neighborhood Ambassador Program, the Community Gun Violence Blueprint Reduction, or sorry, the Community Violence Reduction Blueprint, the creation of the Equity and Engagement Department, the Library Studio Renovation Project, the restoration of the battalion chief and property maintenance inspector, as well as continuous police recruiting. So on to a brief look at the current economic climate. The COVID-19 pandemic created a historic disruption of economic activity. In fiscal year 21-22, the economy started to rebound with many economic indicators showing an expanding economy. Gross domestic product increased um, during 2021 by 6.9% and is projected to increase 2.8% for 2022. In addition, wages grew and unemployment dropped to 3.6% in March 2022 from a pandemic high of 14.8%. With the improved economic picture, along with the federal stimulus, many of the city's revenues drastically improved over 2020-21. In fact, many of the city's revenues are projected to hit historical highs. Going forward into fiscal year 22-23, inflation is anticipated to, be, to continue to grow. In March, the 12-month consumer price index increased to 8.5%. That is the highest level it has been since 1981. In addition, there continues to be uncertainty related to worldwide political unrest, COVID-related shutdowns in China, supply chain issues resulting in product shortages, and the possibility of increased COVID cases. Despite these concerns, the economy is still anticipated to expand in 22-23, but at a slower rate. As mentioned before, there was a significant economic rebound in fiscal year 2021-22. Several of the city's major revenues hit that all-time high, in particular sales tax revenue. However, some of this revenue is considered to be one-time in nature as a result of the federal stimulus funds, as well as a temporary shift in the focus of consumers onto purchasing goods which are taxed over services which are not taxed. In fiscal year 22-23, recurring major revenues are continued to still grow, however, at a slower pace than in the prior year. 
Next, I wanted to focus on the general operating fund, which accounts for the majority of city operations. This chart shows the percentage breakdown of the city's general fund revenues. Revenues are projected to be 99.94 million, with the largest revenue coming from sales tax at 43%, followed by property tax at 15%, then income and food and beverage tax revenue. This chart shows the breakdown of, of the city's general fund expenditures. You can see here that police make up about 19%, followed by fire at 14%, and then public re safety related pension costs are around 19%. The Neighborhood Services Department is shown here at 6% of total expenditures, but this can be misleading as many of that department's expenses are not included in the general fund and are instead included in the Neighborhood Development Fund and the Community Development Block Grant Fund. If those funds were included in the general fund, NSD's expenditures would be around 10%. Public Works expenses are at 9%, but once again, some of Public Works-related expenditures, particularly capital, are in funds other than general. I also wanted to mention that the new Equity Engagement Department is also listed here at a total of 5% of expenditures. Projected expenditures are around $119.8 million for the 22-23 budget and is greater than revenues. However, this is not deficit spending, as many of these expenses are related to the American Rescue Plan Act spending and the planned use of fund balance for specific projects. Each year, as part of the budget process, the city goes through a detailed process of distinguishing recurring expenditures from one-time expenditures. This particular chart shows where the city is at in meeting its recurring revenue policy. As you can see, projections show that in fiscal year 22-23, we are well within the city's policy limit of budgeting recurring general fund expenditures at 98.5% of recurring revenues. However, you can see in future years, um, the impact of the structural deficit as recurring, or as recurring expenses still tend to grow faster than recurring revenues. Please note that this chart does include all recommended budget requests. This chart shows total revenue and expenditures across all funds. Expenditures are presented in blue and revenues in green. You'll notice that revenues are greater than expenditures in fiscal year 2021, while expenditures are projected to be higher than revenues in the current fiscal year and the next year's budget. This is due to the city paying for capital projects on a pay-as-you-go basis, meaning that we save up funds to pay for large capital projects. It's also reflecting the impact of the American Rescue Plan Act funds, where funds are projected to be received within the prior year and the current year, and then spent in the next two budget years. So next, I wanted to present to Council for their consideration the recommended budget requests that have been incorporated into the figures presented tonight. Recommended budget requests are service needs that departments have identified that they cannot accommodate within their authorized target levels. During the prior fiscal year, as a result of the loss of revenues from the COVID-19 pandemic, the city made the difficult decision to cut over $5 million in recurring expenditures, including the elimination of 18.75 full-time equivalent positions. As the economy has rebounded, this has provided the city with an opportunity. As such, the administration is recommending the approval of several budget requests focused on furthering council goals and initiatives, restoring COVID-related budget cuts, maintaining current service levels, and increasing public safety and the safety of city employees. 
The total cost of the budget request in the general fund is 1.6 million in recurring and 2.9 million in one-time costs. The first recommendation is a 3% target increase to department target budgets. With the fiscal year 21-22 adopted budget, department target budgets were cut by roughly 4% on a recurring basis. And in fact, 2007 and 2008 was the last time the city department target budgets were increased. This increase will restore a portion of what was cut during the pandemic-related budget, budget reductions. <clears throat> As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic budget reductions, the elimination of the following positions have put a severe strain on departments' abilities to provide services. As such, the administration is recommending the restoration of some positions eliminated as a result of the pandemic. Those positions include the deputy fire marshal in the fire department, the account clerk two in finance, the administrative assistant in IT, the deputy police chief, and then the street maintenance worker two and sign maintenance worker one in the public works department. The proposed budget also includes the addition of new positions to help address the most pressing staffing gaps. This includes a records manager in finance, which will provide for an update of the city's record management policies and oversee the records management functions across the city's organization in support of council goals. A human resource specialist in HR, which would support the new continuous hiring process for police officers, update the city's EEO and affirmative action plans, and expand employee recruitment efforts, including supporting equity and inclusion activities. Adding a fourth patrol lieutenant to implement a district-based approach to police patrols, where lieutenants are assigned to specific areas. This approach reinforces the city's commitment to community-based policing, allowing lieutenants to establish and maintain ongoing relationships within the community. An engineer one in public works to administer traffic service requests, a laborer two in public works, uh, reflecting an increase in seasonal work needed to maintain city drainage basins, an operations supervisor within the public works department to rebalance supervisory and management duties back to more normal levels as the current supervisor has responsibility for 18 employees. There are also several budget requests that focus on supporting key projects in the 2021-23 council goals and other council initiatives which include implementing a marketing campaign, which would be a two-year pilot program to promote the city of Champaign and strengthen community pride. Support to blueprint partners to lease property on a recurring basis. Uh, 75,000 for one-time professional services to review records management. Um, Freedom of Information Act software to help streamline administration response tracking and increase transparency with a $20,000 one-time cost and an $8,000 recurring. A request to provide 11,000 in recurring funding for the continued police recruitment model. City facility needs of around 600,000 in one-time funding to help with various facility maintenance projects included in the 10-year CIP. Small business assistance program funding of around $500,000 to reestablish a pool of funding for small business assistant programs. Additional details on this will be discussed during the post-council study session on May 17th. Food insecurities, including recommending a $250,000 reserve in general fund until council provides directions on food insecurity initiatives later this year. In addition, several departments have requests to help enhance current services and improve efficiencies. 
These include an electronic plans review table and software to help support the transition to digital submission of construction plans for a cost of $64,075 one time and $1,500 recurring. A review of developmental professional services at a cost of $75,000 one time. A $26,000 one-time vehicle purchase out of the CDBG fund to advance the work of the housing rehab program due to increased staffing. $6,000 of one-time funding related to Women's Day Recruitment Camp as an effort to attract additional female candidates to the position of firefighter. And city court software to implement a new model that interacts with the police records management software at $88,000 of one-time cost. <clears throat> Several departments have also requested have also made requests to maintain current levels of service and support other city services, including recruiting costs due to the increased staffing included in the budget proposal of 5,200, 45,000 in one-time funding for demolitions for properties, uh, 5,600 of one-time and $12,740 of recurring cost related to high-tech crimes unit equipment and training, a request for one-time funding of a little over a million dollars for temporary processing services for criminal case expungements to supplement in-house staff in order to eliminate the backlog of expungements which were created by recent changes in state law. And then office furnishing replacements um, to, to achieve the much needed replacement of furnishings within city facilities at $130,000 one-time cost. Other support services include overtime for police of $149,640 one time in order um, due to the current level of vacancies, establish recurring funds of $19,318 for public works overtime related to the Friday Night Live event, and $126,750 of one time funding for parking lot closure overtime until automatic gates are installed in the parking lot. In addition, increased operations, increased uh, general standby pay for operations. This recommendation would increase employee safety by allowing two personnel on scene after hours to address traffic control and allow for quicker response to hazards at a recurring cost of $37,359. And then a request to provide additional funding to address emergency infrastructure street repairs, specifically for concrete streets. To address these needs, the administration is recommending an additional $500,000 of one-time funding to respond to concrete pavement deficiencies in the current year and address future issues to be identified in the spring construction season. Finally, we have cost-neutral grants, um, and these are related to public safety and are anticipated to be about $176,233 of additional grant funding. So this ends the list of budget requests. <laughs> um, but we did also want to discuss tonight police and firefighters pension funding um, and the impact of recommended assumption and policy changes on the budget. So first, for a little bit of background on the pensions, the police and firefighter pension plans are what is referred to as defined benefit, which means that upon retirement, pensioners receive a set amount of benefits. So for instance, um, if you could retire and receive 50% of your salary uh, for the rest of your life. The benefits are set by the state and not by the city. The amount of employee contributions of 9.91% of salary for police and 9.455% for fire are also set by the state and not the city. So you would think that since the state is the one setting all of this, that they would be making some contributions. But unfortunately, that is not the case. So the state does not contribute to the pensions. 
As such, the city must be the one to contribute to make up the difference between the benefits set by the state and the investment returns and employee contributions. So this dollar chart here shows the makeup of how pension benefits are paid by the, for at the city. So for every dollar in benefits paid, about 48 cents currently comes from investment earnings. 44 cents comes from city contributions, and 8 cents comes from employee contributions. So the city works annually with our actuaries in order to determine how much should be contributed on an annual basis. In order to calculate this amount, the actuaries have to make certain assumptions about future events, such as how much we're going to receive in investment returns, um, how long people are going to be living, rates of pay, rates of disability. When actual experience varies from assumptions, this variance becomes an unfunded liability. So for instance, if it is assumed that an investment will earn a 6.75% rate of return, but investment returns come in at 6%, the lost investment earnings from that variance becomes an unfunded liability that the city has to pay. Um, inaccurate assumptions can therefore lead to large unfunded liabilities and large increases in pension contributions. So what is an unfunded liability? So a pension liability is what is owed to pension plan members in benefits. However, as the city and employees make contributions, those funds are invested and become assets of the pension. The unfunded liability is the amount that is owed that is not offset by pension assets. The larger the unfunded liability, the more benefit or expenses are covered by taxpayer dollars and the less by investment earnings. The city has made contributions annually to the police and firefighters pension funds consistent with financial policies and actuarial recommendations. These contributions have been well above the state's minimum contributions. Unfortunately, despite the city's aggressive funding of the pensions, unfunded liabilities have continued to increase. This pie chart shows the reasons for the increase. As you can see, most of those increases have come from variance from assumptions to the tune of around 28 million or 62%. And the, highest, the second highest increase comes from changes in those assumptions at about 13 million. These uh, large increases, and, and the reason why um, there's, there were these assumption changes is because of um, retirees living longer resulting in the need to adjust longevity tables. As a result of these increases to liabilities, the city's annual pension costs have increased by 8.1% on average over the past five years, from 9.3 million to 12.9 million. In spite of these increases, our funding levels, which are the percent of liability that has been funded by assets, has actually dropped over that time by 2%. These large increases in contributions have also been a major reason for the city's structural deficit where expenditures have been growing faster than revenues. The performance of the pension in recent years points to a need to review and make changes to the pension assumptions, particularly as it is a best practice to periodically review those pension assumptions. In addition, this is a good year to make these changes because uh, during fiscal year 2020-21, the city received historically high investment returns, which will have a positive impact on our next year's contributions. The city also completed paying off an old unfunded liability. As such, the city can make changes to its pension assumptions now and keep pension contributions within the amounts forecasted for fiscal year 22-23 in the fall forecast. 
The first assumption change that city staff would recommend is the investment rate of return. This is the rate of investment earnings on the pension assets. The current assumed rate of return is 6.75%. As you can see here on the blue line of the chart, the actual amount of investment return year over year varies wildly based upon the general overall financial markets. However, over a 15-year period, um, on average, the police and fire pensions had an investment rate of return of only 5.95%, well short of the city's assumed rate of return of 6.75%. As such, city staff recommend reducing the assumed rate of return to 6.25%. This is still higher than the average. However, in um, the recent years, there was a state legislation passed that allowed for the consolidation of pension plan of investments across the state. This will provide for greater flexibility in investments and hopefully bring forward greater investment returns and lower investment fees in the future, hopefully raising that rate of return to 6.25%. The second assumption is the pay increase assumption. So this assumption represents the long-term compensation increases for employees for all future years. So basically the increase in salary from the day you start to the day you retire. Um, this includes cost of living increases, step increases, promotions, and longevity pay. In recent years, the actual year-over-year -year compensation increases have exceeded the city's assumptions. City staff therefore recommends an increase to the assumption for the police pension fund from 3.5% to 4% and for the firefighters pension fund from 375 to 4%. The final recommended change is a change to the city's financial policy in regards to how the unfunded liability is amortized or paid back to the pensions. Currently, police and fire's unfunded liability is amortized using the percent of pay or percent of inflation methods respectively. Um, and then you can also, another uh, common option is the level dollar amortization method. You can see here on this chart the difference in the amortization methods um, showing an unfunded liability of 10 million being amortized over 15 years. As you can see, the percent of pay and percent of inflation start uh, much lower than the level dollar and then steadily increase over the course of 15 years until they're about $300,000 higher. Um, whereas the level dollar remains flat over that same time period, similar to a mortgage. Um, you know, while, while each methods have various different advantages and disadvantages, um, city staff is recommending changing to the level dollar method as those annual increases have been one of the factors in our large annual year-over-year -year pension increases. So what is the financial impact of all of these changes? Um, so here you can see is um, the chart showing our forecasted excess of recurring revenues over recurring expenditures. And that would be the gold line shown right here. Um, because of the history of the pension increases averaging 8.1% year over year, finance has been forecasting a 9% annual increase in pension contributions. By changing the assumptions and policy, if we could slow those annual increases to 5%, so still forecasting that we would increase them by 5% year over year, but just reducing that amount from the 9%. You can see the impact that that has on the city's financial statements over time. It starts out with just a very small difference, but by the time you get to year three, it's a difference of about $650,000 of reduced forecasted expenditures. 
So as had been noted previously, due to the economic recovery from COVID-19, the, uh, the city generated quite a bit of revenue and therefore had available fund balance. City staff is recommending that 7.5 million of that available fund balance be invested in the pension funds to pay off a portion of the city's unfunded pension liabilities. This additional one-time contribution would reduce the amount of the city's recurring pension costs by approximately $780,000 per year and save the city roughly 4.2 million in interest over the next 15 years. Combined with the assumption changes mentioned above, by fiscal year 24-25, the city could see a reduction in forecasted expenditures of up to 1.43 million. This is particularly important as fiscal year 24-25 will be the year where ARPA funds will be mostly spent and the city will be looking for recurring dollars to continue successful programs. If council agrees with city staff's recommendations, then the next steps are to update the financial policies and include the 7.5 million contributions within the budget process. With the inclusion of the 7.5 million in one-time contributions, there would still be $280,000 of fund balance available above the city's policy of holding fund balance equal to 10% of expenditures in reserves. So the next steps in the budget process are a series of study sessions on budget topics, including the 10-year capital improvement plan, the economic development program budget, the proposed library budget, and then the budget wrap-up on May 24th. On June 7th will be a public hearing, and finally on June 24th, the final adoption of the budget. Um, and by state law, the budget does have to be adopted before the end of June. In addition, there are several opportunities for public input. Um, this includes the various council meetings study sessions that will be held over the month of May, the public hearing on June 7th, as well as the opportunity to email the finance department if you have any questions or concerns. Um, and then our recommended actions include, um, is asking council to approve the inclusion of the following in the fiscal year 22-23 budget as proposed. The recommended budget requests, the police and firefighters pension, financial policy and assumption changes, and finally, the additional one-time contribution to the pension fund of $7.5 Thank you for bearing with me through this long presentation. I will now turn it over to Council for questions and comments. Thank you, Kay. Are there any questions, technical questions? Anyone in the audience wish to address this issue, please step forward. State your name and city of residence. Please limit your comments to five minutes or less. My name is Nicholas Dale. Uh, I am a resident of Champaign, Illinois. Uh, I just want to commend you uh, all on the hard work that you've done um, for the assumptions for the budget. Um, and I look forward to reading more and learning more about it um, and encouraging community, mem community members uh, to participate um, at the June 7th um, hearing so that uh, we all can uh, be actively involved in how our funds are spent. And just once again, uh, I commend you guys all for all the hard work you guys have done. And uh, have a good night, and thank you. Thank you. Any council comment? Councilmember Kyles. Definitely, this has been an active, um, um, and a lot of progress has been made this year. Uh, I want to thank city staff and with the, the budgeting, because that's a real big deal. Um, 
as well as obviously the council and the community for all the work that's been put into, you know, helping us become a greater city. Um, I am, I, I mean, we talked about this, so I am definitely concerned about inflation as we, we you know, I don't like to say things are, are looking rough right now, but I'll go off of your projection and say, in, of positivity, and say that we're moving in the right direction. I am concerned about it, but I'm thankful that we've already, we've taken that into account and looking forward to uh, keeping a, an eye on that. Anyone else? Councilmember Gladney. Yeah, no, I just wanna thank you for the presentation, but obviously uh, putting together this budget and um, it's really our staff that, that puts this all together and re makes these recommendations. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate the stewardship that you've shown um, with the city, particularly during the last couple of years. Um, and uh, I, I'm feeling uh, pretty good about where we're at now and, and hopefully where we're going. So um, thank you. Councilmember Pianfetti. Thank you, Your Honor. Uh, I wanted to echo the comments as well in, in my thanks, but also in particular for uh, the way you have defined and expressed the various terms for understanding, because I think it's important to make uh, sure that we all are on the same page about what it means to have an unfunded liability and how we are looking at uh, spending out the taxpayers' dollars as well as projecting out um, the, the money that we have that is the ARPA money versus money that is coming in that is um, general funds and things that we would be spending just on a regular basis and forecasting out what would happen, you know, in 24, 25. And, and you know, it's, it's a lot to be considering, especially as uh, Council Member Kyle said, you know, with inflation and, and different economy issues that are hitting us now, how to project that out is something that makes us all a little bit anxious, but being good stewards of the dollars that are coming in now, um, both that might be one-time uh, allotments and those that are recurring, <clears throat> both as expenditures and as revenue is um, good just to have explained uh, clearly and thoroughly. So um, thank you um, to you and your staff. And uh, I, I do hope that uh, we do have people that uh, take advantage of the various ways to communicate with you and with council through the public hearing as well. So thank you. Councilmember Palmer. Yeah, I too also want to thank you for your uh, exceptional work. Um, I, I really appreciate your ability to, to not only explain things and break things down so that uh, anyone can understand them or, or at least uh, as best you can in a way that is, is accessible and digestible. Um, so thank you very much for that. Um, I know that the, the pension funding and assumptions are not thrilling to very many people. However, it is, I, I think, very exciting to be able to do this now, um, to be able, and, and your, your forethought about our future and how, where are we gonna find some recurring funds, um, I just, I so appreciate because I think it does give us um, the ability to, to have more, um, more options and, and more things that we can do in the future. And um, sure, it's not 
maybe exciting right this second, but boy, uh, we will be thankful in the future. So, um, so certainly thank you for, for that. Um, I also wanted to recognize and thank you for uh, the increase in funding to housing. Um, I think that's really important to acknowledge. Uh, so thank you uh, to, to you and your staff. I really appreciate it. So thanks. Anyone else? Thank you. Um, I want to echo Councilmember Fulmer's comments about planning for when the ARPA funding runs out and starting to think about how are we going to fund these programs moving forward. Um, and I appreciate, we were joking before the meeting, um, you know, paying off pension liability um, is not glamorous per se. Uh, um, it, it's, um, it's an important function of city government and for our employees. It's, a, it's um, something that they obviously care passionately about and we need to do it. Um, but it, you know, it isn't a new program. It isn't something exciting and splashy that we're doing with the fund balance. But part of the reason the city of Champaign is in the position where it can spend ARPA funding on those new programs is because we do make the good fiscal decisions kind of at all the time on a yearly basis um, and make decisions that um, continue to fund the everyday needs of the city, the baseline services, as well as things like our pensions. And so I appreciate you bringing that to us even though um, it maybe isn't the most splashy thing to do. It is going to set the city up in, in the future um, for being able to do more, and that's really appreciated. So with that, our, I think our poll is just generally allowing Kay to move forward with, <laughs> with the budget and, and the assumptions that she provided. So I'll start at this end. Yes. 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 And yes, you have direction. Thank you. Um, so we're now at the point of our meeting for general audience participation. If you wish to address the council, please step forward, state your name and city of residence. If you do not, council comments, city manager. All right, then we need a motion to adjourn. Madam Mayor, I move we adjourn. Second. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, same sign. We are adjourned. <laughs>